Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of The Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me! Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, it felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. I am excited for our guest today. This is going to be a fun conversation. And when Molly showed up, she has this amazing setup. You'll see it in the video later when we release clips. I mean, she's a professional Molly McCook actor, storyteller. Uh, thank you for your time. It's it's really nice to meet you and have a fun conversation. I'm excited. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me. It was an excuse to to get all moody and fancy with my candle and my microphone. I know. It's a vibe all the way around. But it doesn't surprise me because you're very talented and you're a creative. And I mean, you've been in the business for a while. And you mentioned before that your husband is a musician. So you're a very creative, artistic family, which I think is cool. I want to ask just right out of the gate with that, having two people who are creatives, like, is it just a constant session of bouncing ideas, whether it's <laughs> auditions for you or music mm. for him, or is, do you guys kind of keep it separate? Um, I mean, he's an actor as well. So it is, it is very nice because we do have like live in audition scene partners, which like, I'll tell you at first when, when pandemic hit and it was like self tape world, it was like not the best at first, but we've we've hit our stride. We've figured out our ways of doing it, but it's it's not the best sometimes because you're like we're a little too close, um, you know. We know each other a little too well, but it's it, we've figured it out. It's like it's a very nice, but I can't say that we're like walking around all the time singing songs and <laughs> you know bouncing off ideas. I wish. I mean, there are a lot of ideas that we then forget about in two hours and it's like they never happen, but um, it's a creative household for sure. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I was just interviewing Jason Ritter a couple days ago, not to name uh -huh. drop, but he's, well, I know Jason, I know the Ritter family. My family knows the Ritter family. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, we were just talking at the end of our conversation about how he's married to, to Melanie and yeah. sort of they're in a season now where she's working a lot and they're traveling with their family. Yeah. But I asked him, I always like to, I find it curious because she's obviously an actor too. And, you know, there's constantly self tape auditions. And he said that he finds himself in situations because he's so enamored with her just as a person, but also as an actor. Yeah. And he's like, do you have any ideas for this? You know, especially when, it's a character or something yeah. that's been presented to him uh, where yeah. he's like the lead of a show. So I think I would imagine, cause I've had a lot of couples on the show that do it together. And it's, an, I like to know, cause I wonder what your, what a day in the life is like with, you have two massively creative people uh, sharing space all, all the time. And I think people do find it fascinating. Totally. I mean, yeah, it's especially nice when you, you think that your partner is like the most talented and you respect their ideas. I mean, like, yeah, you can't get anything better. So, um, yeah, we're very lucky in that regard, truly, because I could, I, I really am like, what do you think? Tell me what to do because I trust you, you know, that's nice. I love it. So interestingly enough, 
you know, this last year has been crazy with like strike happening and then just coming off of a pandemic where everybody was out of work. I'm interested to know just for you as an artist, was it an opportunity for you to really to hone your craft and maybe work on things that you might not normally have had time to work on? Or how did you spend your time during that period uh, this last year when things slowed down a lot for the industry and people were just kind of at home yeah. you know, figuring out ways to maintain their creativity. Otherwise, when they weren't either able to do press and talk about projects, or I guess my question would be like, what are some other creative outlets that you were able to focus on that you wouldn't have normally worked on, if any at all? I think people find yeah, that fascinating. Totally. I mean, it was, it was hard. It was definitely like a bizarre kind of time. I mean, truthfully, I spent my, a lot of my time on the picket lines and I, I found that it was, um, I had never been a part of something that was mine. That was my union. Um, so I, not that that's necessarily creative, but I found myself connecting with a lot of fellow actors and writers, um, when those strikes were, were happening. So that was something that I, that kept me very busy, honestly, a lot of talks with friends and a lot of ideas. We, um, two of our best friends, we decided to like start picking plays and we just went over and we read through a four person play together, just like cold reading, which was really fun and creative. Um, I started, and I don't want to make this a thing because I I'm not a writer and I'm not um, necessarily like have big plans for anything, but I just sat down and I started to write and it was something that gave me a purpose. I got to like sit down at my desk and, and, um, and get creative and, and throw out ideas. And because it was so new to me, I was like, I was reading about how to structure scripts and plot lines and characters and, um, and reading books about it. And, um, so that's been great. And I've been getting a lot of reading done, which I love. And sometimes I don't have the time to do. So, um, those are all my things, but I mean, yeah, the writing thing was something I never thought that I would do. And because I had the time and space to do it, I was like, okay, Let's let's just see what this is about. And it's been fun. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because a lot of writers, these I what I have found is either they really love it or it's a love-hate kind of relationship because it can be so arduous sometimes. But I love hearing that because it's cool. Cause it's like, well, if you can't do this or that, well, it's a chance to maybe throw ideas on paper yeah. and see where it takes you. Who knows? Maybe a Mandy and Kyle spinoff. Who knows? Oh I my mean. gosh. I, well, I can't say that the two of us haven't sat down and talked about that. That's who Christoph Sanders is one of my best friends. And he's who one of the people we sat down with and read that play through with. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone's trying. Everyone's, I think that now is the most creative time that we've ever experienced as, as creatives and actors and writers. I think that everybody, I don't know, because of the outlets, I, I think that everybody is uh, having fun, exciting ideas and and going and because of the time we're going like, what can we do with this? And, um, you know, one of the other things that I did that I just remembered is that I'm I've started to sit down my parents and they have such interesting stories about their years acting and auditioning and on sets and in theaters. And I sat them down and I started recording and I started like transcribing that to possibly write, but even if it's just a book for my family in the future to have all those stories written down, like that's fine if nothing comes of it. It's just that, you know, they have these unbelievable stories as artists and I'm like, I'm so used to hearing them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, dad, I've heard that story. Yeah, mom, I know. But then my friends are like, wait, what happened? Who did they know? They were what? You know? So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely given me space to explore, which is cool. 
I love that. So growing up, I was going to talk about this, but we'll just segue to that because you mentioned it. So you grew up with parents who were creatives and artists, storytellers. So for you, because I know you have a pretty hefty theater background, which I think is so cool, but this was just a natural progression for you. Did you have interest in it right away, watching them work and things like that? Or was it a slow burn process for you to really dive into the industry. You're laughing. No, it was oh, I'm laughing because I love when people are like, yeah, it was a slow burn. Like when I was an adult, I I figured no, I was like the the most hammy kid you could ever imagine. I was like the baby. I was uh, you know, on my dad's soap set and um completely enthralled with like the idea of being in front of the camera and then also he's an incredible pianist and has all this knowledge of musicals and theater and um you know, because of his piano playing, he was always like accompanying me when I sang in the talent shows. And so music was really what first got me into performing. I kind of, I just loved singing and I loved being on stage and then it blossomed into acting as well. And um, yeah, I always loved being around it. I think my parents were very scared of that because it was very clear that I, uh, that I was destined to want to do this and, and no one could tell me no. So yeah, it was pretty immediate. I love that. I mean, what a safe space too that it had to create for you just as a person totally. to be able to really be a part of something different than what most people probably choose to do when they're that young. I don't right. know. I I don't I think for me too, not necessarily the film and television part, but definitely it makes sense why I do this because like I was interviewing neighbors. I was interviewing kids. Yeah. It would do radio DJ programs and things like that. And it was just kind of fun. So naturally I think, and not that my parents were ever into any of that, but they certainly encouraged it. Um, so that's cool that parents were just right there with you beside you the entire time. Yeah. That, very I mean, lucky. that probably made it easier in some ways in dealing with some of the challenges that you might have faced as you have worked your way through the industry and tried different things. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely helped. I mean, my gosh, just in terms of having, a, yeah, a supportive family and household. Um, what's, what's ironic about that is the industry has changed so much. So even by the time that I started auditioning, um, I think that I was teaching them a lot too. I think it was a lot of like, okay, this is not what I remember. You know, my, my mom was under contract at universal and, um, and that was a, a world and a time where things were, were much simpler, you know, where people kind of signed on and then they worked a bunch in that time and under those people and projects. And, um, and so there was a lot of learning on, on both sides for sure. But with that said, um, the advice that they, gave me was so, so valuable. And, um, and still till this day, I take a lot of that with me. And I think, uh, you know, actors are still actors and producers and all those things still exist and, um, and sets and the way things are made for the most part at the root of it are the same. And so, um, I think just that understanding was really important. I have, a, most of my friends don't have parents that were in the industry or artists. And, um, so I definitely like, as I've gotten older, seen how, special it is and and how lucky I have been to just have parents that understand and just love it and and know why I love it and know why I strive for it. You know, I think that that there's like a middle ground there that a lot of people like their parents are like, you I'm sorry, you want to do what? Right. Um <laughs> you want to audition for a living, you know? Um so yeah, no, I'm very fortunate. 
Yeah. I mean, they get it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said something interesting about the idea where sometimes parents are like, you're crazy for wanting to do this, you know, packing up yourself and moving to Hollywood or mm -hmm. whatever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, to LA uh, and just going for it and just yeah. making it work. Like, did you have a plan B or was it just plan A the entire way? Oh my gosh. I mean, that's funny. No, not really. I mean, I, uh, I think after high school, I definitely was like, okay, am I going to go to New York and study theater, study musical theater, theater, um, for four years. And I did, I, I mean, I did look into schools and I looked into that, but I was so very ready. I hadn't, I hadn't worked a lot because I didn't get like a lot of work as a teenager because I was so tall. And I, I don't think I, I looked my age at that time. So, um, but I had I had started and I wanted to work. And most of the schools that I looked at didn't allow me to work and be in school. I would have to like stop and go away for four years. And 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 I think that that's so admirable, the people that do it. But I was ready. Um, so, yeah. So that was that was just my other path that I could have gone down, um, which been, it would have been a totally different thing. You know, Yeah, I mean, you never know, like, again, just kind of thinking about what you do. And that's why I love talking to great people like yourself who do this for a living because it's so different. I feel like I've learned so much just having conversations because everybody's experience is so different, sure. right? Yeah. Like it's not the way that your path went or your husband's perhaps or anybody else that you are friends yeah. with in the business. It's so different. But in a way now though, because you have had measurable success, at least I feel like, and I think people would agree, you know, it probably is like, man, I'm so glad I did it the way that I did and wouldn't have done it any other way. Right. Cause I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, you don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, this was my path and I'm here and here we go. That's good. <laughs> I love I don't know. it. I don't know how else it would have gone, but it's possible I would have ended up right here, you know, who knows, but, um, that's not how life works. So yeah, it certainly doesn't. Right. Cause you just do not know, but, I find it just so fascinating. I was just looking at your filmography and all the things that you've done, interesting projects you've picked out and you've been a part of. I'm interested to know though, like because of what you've done and all of the things that you've been a part of, what is important for you as an actor or a storyteller, whether you're getting an offer or you're going out to choose or to audition for something like what's important to you at this point in your career? Maybe you started out early on just young and hungry and wanting to work as much as you can. And now are there things that you've learned along the way that are important to you as a storyteller? Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh, truthfully, I haven't had that much room to be picky these, these years, you know, it's, um, I've I've been lucky in that the project that projects that I've worked on have have varied and have been so different from one to, to the other. Um, and now I think I just look at things that make me feel good. You know what I mean? Things that excite me. Um, I, I think it's as simple as that. I, I the projects that I get to audition for, of course, there are some that like are more exciting than others. Um, but. I think it's it's mostly just how it makes me feel. If it feels good in my body, if it feels if the words feel good on the page, if the people I see are working on it excite me and I hear good things about them. Um, 
you know, I just want to work. And, and right now in my career, you know, I, I came off of a sitcom, um, that I was lucky enough to be on for three years. And that was like a dream come true. And, uh, I think right now my, my life and my plan is just to look at things and, and kind of say yes, unless I have some horrible feeling or something, I don't agree with something, but for the most part, it's like, say yes and and see what the experience is like, because that's what it's about. You know, we don't know what it's going to be like on paper. We don't know how it's going to pan out and how it's, we don't know how long it's going to last. So we don't know if the people are going to be nice, you know what I mean? So it's kind of just like, okay, I think this excites me. Yes, let's do this. And then hope that it's a good experience that I can look back on and be like, wow, thank God I did that. And sometimes they're not great and that's okay too. But um, but I've been pretty lucky and some have been more more exciting and collaborative than others. And, and those are the ones that I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this energy. I like having a say. I like um, being able to bounce off ideas and and having the the you know director and and producers and people uh care about my opinion and and my ideas for the character. So that's just like an extra bonus, but again, you don't really know that until you're there. Yeah, well speaking of Last Man was always a favorite in our house. I mean, I'm starting to rewatch it now with my 9-year-old. He thinks the show is Cute. hilarious. Great. Yeah, it's just Can't such a go good wrong. show. Yeah, you cannot. So that was an interesting time because the show was on and then it went off again and then there was the cast change mm -hmm. and that was a big deal, but the show was able to continue on. I've spoken to other actors before who have come into a show midway where it's a very greased, cogged wheel and things are moving and shaking and they come yeah. in and the cast transition is always fun. It's smooth. They make little jokes about it. I believe they said something funny about you, Mandy, you look did, a little yeah. bit different. Uh -huh. um, so how was that experience for you coming into that show and really just, I would imagine hitting the ground running because it had been totally. going for a while. Yeah. And then you get the huge opportunity to take over and be a part of such an amazing show. I think it's still one of the best shows on TV that existed. Oh, it's yeah. true. And it's really hard to imagine anything coming close to it. Although it would be fun to see that sort of idea come back on again. Cause it was just such a solid show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tim Allen is the, the ultimate sitcom dad. He knows, he knows what he's doing. You know, he's so good. And, and a lot of that, I mean, most of that crew is from home improvement days. I mean, those people have all worked together for years and years and years, which is why it's such a well-oiled machine. Um, yeah, I, I, I hit the jackpot. Plain and simple. Like I, I got that audition like any other audition. I knew about the show. I had seen a lot of it. So I had known Amanda Fuller for a long time. She went to high school with my sister. Um, and then Christoph Sanders and I have been years, uh, 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 friends for over 10 years. I mean, we had known each other. So when I got the audition, I didn't tell him because I'm superstitious, but you know, there's no need to 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 tell or poke or be like, put in a good word for me because, yeah, hey, you know, like, can you uh, say yeah, something to because <laughs> a I'm superstitious and b like, what are the odds anyway? I'm looking at this and I'm going, I know who played this part. I'm double her size height wise, and and my hair is the opposite color. Like, there's no way, basically. But you know, I. Uh, Brett Benner and Debbie Romano, who are, who are the casting directors, I had worked with before. So I kind of thought to myself, okay, they wouldn't waste, I they wouldn't 
waste their own time or waste mine. So there must be some sort of window here, some sort of like possibility that they're going a different direction. And, and I, I love working on fun stuff and it was always a dream of mine to be on a sitcom. And so it was exciting to audition for it. I, and I, even as the process went along, which felt like forever, um, audition after audition, and then into the testing process, I, I still was like, I don't, know if this is going to happen. I'm here in the waiting room with these two girls who looked exactly like this other actress. And I'm like the oddball here. So I was like, kind of like, whatever, like, it's either going to be like, this is totally out of my control. Like, it's either going to be me or it's not. And so I kind of think it gave me like this, this room to play. And in the room, they were so like, listen, and they basically were like, listen, we really love you for this but the network's having a hard time because of how, because of how different you look. And they were like, we want this, you know, cause they have a camera there. Like we're going to make this the best that we can and try and sell this up. And it wasn't until I was like really testing for it. And they called and they were like, we want you to have a chemistry with Christoph Sanders that I called him. And I was like, so, and he was like, you're kidding me. Nice. And um, yeah. And then, and then jumping into it was wild. I was terrified, but so excited. Um, I think that's where I benefited from growing up in the industry is like, I'm not saying that I don't get starstruck. I'm like, I can't say that I met Tim Allen and I was like, Hey, what's yeah. up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, but at the same time, everyone was so excited to be back. I think they were so heartbroken that it got canceled the way that it did without them having any sort of knowledge that it was going to happen. And so everyone was just so jazzed that, um, they got to keep kind of the family the same. And so uh, everyone was really grateful and gracious to me and welcoming. And it just made me feel happy and 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 welcomed. And, and because of like Amanda and Kristoff and knowing them, it was like I could always go to them for anything if I was feeling insecure or anything like that. And um, and it was just a dream. I mean, truly, everybody just loved that job. Everyone loved being there. It was just like a really, really happy environment. And um, the sits. The sitcom schedule is so great <laughs> and um, the hours are just so lovely that no one's there like going like, God, I really got to get home. Like, I really got to do this. So it's like everybody's just happy to be there. And um, I learned a lot and I got to perform in front of an audience, which is like the marriage between TV and theater, which is why it's my dream. And except for our last season, which is a whole other thing because of the pandemic, which was very sad. Yeah. But um but yeah, it was it was scary. It was exciting. It was a dream come true. And um, I wish I was doing it every week for the rest of my life. You know, we we all text each other all the time. Like we miss it a lot. It's it's really a dream job. Yeah. Well, it's such a great show. The first round I was in L.A. and I had tickets to go see it. And then that's when all of the weird things started mm -hmm. happening. And then the show it's like, oh, we're on a hiatus unexpectedly. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then. Yada, yada. Well, so cool. I mean, you just, I, I'm gushing here, but I really do mean it. Like you were so funny on that show. Thank you. And Thank I just you. was watching YouTube clips the other day of you and your friend, Krista, and just mm -hmm. sort of all of those funny moments that you guys had and just the awkwardness and <laughs> the fun and just all of yeah. it. Very cool. Well, such a killer career. I mean, again, just looking at all the things that you've done, I'm interested to know, though, like, as you have learned about yourself through a lot of these characters that you've played and things that you've done, whether it's reading a play or performing live, like, for you, 
I don't necessarily prefer the term validation, but like what solidifies to you, uh, Molly, as far as like, just this is what you're meant to be doing. Has there been one project or another that has just kind of cemented that in your mind or is it just kind of everything that you enjoy and that sort of thing? Oh gosh. I mean, my, I would say that my, the job that I got good trouble right before last man standing, um, that, that one was pretty, I, that, I mean, to take your word, it was validating. It was very much like I came in to the first episode of good trouble. Um, and it was kind of a family because it was the spinoff of the fosters. So it was like, there was a family there and yet there were all these new characters and, um, and everyone was excited and, and we were telling stories that mattered. Mm. It was just like, I'll tell you, like, even just like living in LA, um, the the thing that I get recognized the most is uh, for the most is good trouble and people just That's love cool. it. Yeah. And it's, it's really, um, I, I, yeah, we were telling meaningful stories and, uh, I learned a lot on that show. I mean, I did, I did walk and talks. I felt like I was on like the West wing or something. Like I look back on that footage and I'm like, Whoa, that was really, really cool. These like long shots down the hallway and turning quarters and continuing the dialogue. And, and, um, I would say that was the first time that I was like, yeah, this this works. This is happening. I've I've entered like a different part of my career for sure. I mean, the first episode was directed by John Chu. And I remember uh Crazy Rich Asians hadn't come out yet. And wow. um, but they had shot it and 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 I knew he was a big deal and he was just like the best and so great to work with. But I remember that like w- one of my first scenes, I just like they gave me so much action to do like I was like putting papers and folders and I was doing and I kept messing up my lines and I was just like I'm so sorry and I remember like the next day I I remember like emailing him and one of the producers being like birthday jitters like I'm so embarrassed I got this don't worry I just was like so mixed up and I finally had figured it out but um I hit my stride with it for sure but um yeah I think that was the 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 first job that kind of felt like a, a, a shift because I got that audition last man standing when I was in the middle of, of shooting that. And it was one of those things where I saw the audition and I, like I said, I thought, well, there's no way. And then I was like, no, don't mess up this job. I'm like so happy here, but that's how it works. You know, like that's how it happens. And I, I wasn't under a contract at good trouble. I was a, I was a recurring character, um, which means they just kind of called me and gave me, you know, wanted to know my availability when they wanted to write me into a script. And, um, and that's how that worked. So I was sad to leave it. You know, I was sad to walk away and I tried to do both at the same time. I tried to go to CBS Radford and do rehearsal all day for the sitcom and then drive to Santa Clarita and shoot until late in the night. And I ended up like getting pneumonia because I like wasn't sleeping and I was like, okay, got it. I don't want my work to be less in one of these jobs. I, I have to I have to pick a lane. So it was sad to to end that, but I still look back on it and I'm like, yeah, that was a big, big shift for sure. That's crazy too, just the whole idea of the oddball in the room, so to speak. Like, but you that's oftentimes how it goes, right? Where they have 10 or 12 of one person that looks almost identical and then yeah. a different person. But I've heard it's really because, you know, not just of director choices, but really like, how can we keep this fun, but also really do a big shift? But it worked out very well for you. And 
sadly it ended like most things do, but mm -hmm. it will live on in infamy for sure. Yeah. Well, this is so cool. Um, one last question for you. Sure. I am just interested to know in all of your experiences, has there ever been a moment where you've worked with somebody where they've given you like a really solid piece of advice as a storyteller mm. that has stood out to you and either early on in your career, maybe your parents or somebody that you've interacted with? Um, well, my parents always, and I, I mean, I say this in every interview, if I'm ever asked this question is that, you know, the, the big advice always moving forward was like, just be gracious and kind, you know, be grateful for where you are and, and notice everybody and what they do and what their jobs are, um, and be grateful. So I've really taken that, um, into consideration and taken that from job to job. But, but one of my favorite things, which was like, not really advice, but it was this funny thing that happened. It was my first, first job on a set. And I was on the show monk and I had a guest star. I was 15 and, um, you know, I had my first scene with Tony Shalhoub and I turned to him right before they said action. It was action. We were walking down a hallway and into the shot. So there were no cameras on us for that hallway part. And I turned to him and I was like, I'm nervous. This is my first job. And he reached over and he pinched my earlobe. And I was like, ow, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like horrible, but I was like, okay. And he said, he said, I was taught that a long time ago. It just takes your nerves away. It focuses on like, whoa, like your ear as opposed to scary and what's about to happen. So you don't go through your head. And, um, and then I, I went through and I, I nailed it. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Tony. I've always wanted to run into him. And I know that I will someday and just say like, you know, you were, you had gave me such an amazing experience and advice on my first gig. And, um, I mean, he's just so amazing one day, one day I'll see him and I'll tell him. But yeah, that's just a funny little story that happened. Very cool. Well, what's next? Are you working on anything exciting? I know you mentioned you've been reading and writing mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I don't. The only thing I have, uh, I don't have anything in the works in terms of like shooting anything yet. But um, I do have a movie. It's called Maybe It's You that came out this summer. It was on the E! Network, but it's going to be on Peacock this um, this month, I think next week. Um, so I'm excited for, for more people to see it. I think not a lot of people were able to see it cause they didn't have cable or whatever, but, um, that was a very collaborative, wonderful experience. And, uh, I'm very, very proud of that film. I think that, uh, everybody, everybody had a say in, in the characters and we did a lot of improv and I think, I think it shows and I think we all loved each other there and, um, yeah, I'm very proud of it, but it's called maybe it's you. Awesome. Molly McCook, you are the yeah. best. Thank You're you best. so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you! If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.